This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, March 29th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. In the struggle for reform to policing in America, what exactly is the black police experience? Sonia Pruitt is a retired captain from the Montgomery County, Maryland Police Department. We discuss the black police experience and why an end to qualified immunity could help shore up public support for cops. What is the black police experience? I know that question probably covers a lot of ground, but first, that's your organization. But what what is the black police experience as a an experience? Yes, as an entity, because I, I, I struggled with what to call it, an organization, an effort. Of, I mean, I didn't know what to call it, but it is an experience. It is a collection of experiences from not only black police officers, but from researchers, uh, from grassroots advocates. And the whole goal of the Black police experience is to educate, to educate people, to educate police officers, who's, whoever is interested in the conversation surrounding the intersection of race and policing, especially when we talk about vulnerable communities like the Black community. When you and I spoke a few weeks ago, we talked a little bit about the Castle Doctrine and your argument that for many Black Americans, it's not a real thing. Can you do? Can you unpack that a little bit? Just a little bit. So uh, the case that comes to mind, of course, is the Breonna Taylor case. Uh, Breonna Taylor has not received justice, nor her family, friends, loved ones. Uh, and in that case, a SWAT team burst into her home. And she was shot and killed as her boyfriend tried to defend the home, which is the basis of the castle doctrine, that you have a right to defend your own home. And so the argument usually on the police side is they didn't comply. Well, if they don't know it's the police breaking into their home, how can they comply? I mean, what sense does that make, right? Yeah, the the, the, uh, what I hear is, am I supposed to just wait and discover uh, through presentation of documents and badges, whether or not the people who've just kicked in my door are cops or not. That's a, that's a ridiculous imposition on on people in their own homes. It absolutely is, but it seems to be a ridiculous imposition only to Black people. It's like we're not hearing this happening in other households. And so there is also a feel that we have this a uh, privileged right to break into your house and to, uh, you know, and you're supposed to just do what we say. We don't care whether you know we're coming or not. If you shoot at us, then we're going to shoot back at you. And we're, and if you happen to survive, we're going to charge you with a crime. Yeah, it is ridiculous. So you are, the reason we got connected was because you are a part of the campaign to end qualified immunity. Uh, what you know, because you are a former police officer, uh, why is qualified immunity an issue that is important to you? For a couple of reasons. You know, someone asked me on an interview the other day, um, you know, why do you stand for police reform? I mean, you were a police officer. Weren't you afraid of losing your rights? And I'm like, no, I have the same rights as other citizens in this country. I didn't need any extra rights to cover me, especially because I wasn't doing anything wrong. So (laughs) I was never afraid of being you know, mistreated. I didn't need a higher standard than anyone else in the country. Uh, so qualified immunity is a judicial standard. 
it covers not only police officers, but other government agents, of course. And so the, the, the importance to policing is that an officer may be found guilty of some sort of misconduct. But the hoops and the ropes and the, the challenges and the and the obstacles that a, a citizen has to go through in order to sue that police officer personally, it stops them in their tracks and they may never receive any justice, but maybe the county will pay out. That police officer, though, may get to go on working without ever having any harm, no impact to his own life, his or her own life. And that is the crux of the problem with qualified immunity. Paid administrative leave, I believe, is what we hear about police officers who uh, engage in misconduct uh, and aren't ultimately not often held accountable for it. So when it comes to uh, policing reforms, what would be the police reform that you see that would do the most to restore credibility? between uh, Black Americans and the police? There are a few. <laughs> One being a national, a national database that tracks police misconduct so officers can't go from police department to police department after found, being found culpable in some way. The George Floyd Justice and Policing Act speaks to that. But here's the problem with collecting data from police departments. Even if they're mandated, you may not get the data. And so how do we track that piece? How do we know that the police departments are giving us uh, complete and accurate data? Something that I think that we're working on. Another thing that I think would really, really be important is um, consistent and standard use of force uh, parameters across the country so that individual police departments are not making up what use of force looks like. So states are tackling that right now, but still there's not going to be a national standard necessarily. And thirdly, this is really, really crucial. And I've been thinking about this more and more lately, that we need some sort of whistleblower protection for police officers. There are officers on the inside who speak out and as you can see in places like Prince George's County, Maryland, when you speak out, there might be retaliation and then there's a lawsuit. They have a federal lawsuit in Prince George's County, Maryland from Black and Hispanic officers because they tried to do the right thing and there was retaliation. That happens a lot. You may not hear about it. There might not be a lawsuit, but it does happen. So where are the protections for officers who want to help cull these bad apples that we keep hearing about. You know, right now I'm thinking that there is like an apple orchard somewhere with a bunch of rotten apples that nobody's picking. <laughs> it's just, we're just going to let these apples be. So any measures and means to try to, to get rid of these bad apples is met with resistance in the blue culture. So where are the protections for those officers who want to do right? And I'm not just talking about Black officers. I'm talking about any officer who has ethics and integrity in mind who want to help clear their police department of a bad image. Local police agencies don't have to report uh, a lot of data on things that would reflect negatively on uh, the police department. What's the best way to get them to pony it up? And of course, that assumes that the, the data would be accurate to begin with. I think the best way to have police departments give that information accurately and consistently in two parts. The first, having some 
type of body that audits police departments in each state to make sure that they are reporting the information as they're supposed to. And then as the federal government, the Congress has been talking about attaching funding to those efforts. And that funding could be federal funding or it could be grants from the state. That and, and they could say, listen, if you're not reporting this data properly, we're going to withhold your money. And police departments do not like to have their money withheld. They need that money, especially in this, this era of conversations around defunding, with quotation marks, the police. Retired police captain Sonia Pruitt heads the Black Police Experience. We spoke earlier this month. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.